0: Well, it's always a pleasure to welcome on our next guest, Kevin Keatsman of the podcast. Kevin Keatsman has issues, longtime sports radio host in Kansas City as well. Joining us on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. Kevin, thanks for joining us as always. I want to step back and look at, uh, at something you've suggested before that this conference, the Big 12 Conference, should do, and that is get its headquarters out of the Dallas Fort Worth area and bring it on up to Kansas City, which of course is where the old Big 8 had its headquarters. What's your theory there, Kevin, on why you think that is a move that the Big 12 should be making?
1: Well, there's a core of schools that have remained in this conference forever, and we you know as it continues to separate, we know who they are. Now, I'm partial to KU and K-State. I grew up in Kansas, and I live in Kansas. Iowa State's part of this. Oklahoma State's part of this. The conference to me was never the same once it moved to Dallas, and it, and it wasn't it wasn't really that, okay, the office isn't in Kansas City. I don't really care if the office is in Kansas City. I think it was in the fabric of the way the conference was run. That was ceding power to the University of Texas and, by extension, the University of Oklahoma. So initially, when the schools that left, left, what was their beat? Why did Nebraska leave? Oh, they were jealous that Texas had all the power. If the conference headquarters had stayed in Kansas City, would that have happened the same way? Or would there have been more of a power struggle and not so many – Texans running the league I know financially it looks better for the conference to be in Dallas for television networks for prestige all that stuff is bigger and better than Kansas City but in the end I think it was all very harmful I think what happened was a core of schools some of who remain in the new Big 12 ceded all their power to Texas and said you know as long as we're getting our revenue sharing and Texas is bringing all this money in sure they can have all this stuff in Dallas whatever I think it actually made a difference In the fabric of the conference, the way the people that were in power think about the league, about the way they live, about who their neighbors are, who belongs to their country club, who's the guy I'm going to see down here having lunch. I mean, this stuff really matters. That's how business is done. we got to get that thing out of Texas. Got to get out of Texas. It should come back to Kansas City. And, you know, I think we have these, these four schools still sitting here that I just referenced, KUK State, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State. I don't think any of them will have any beef with this thing being in Kansas City. I, I think they should bring it back, and I think it should be run with the sensibilities of what the old Big Eight Conference was run with. Mm-hmm.
0: What about you? Know, I I think it'd be really interesting, Kevin. Uh, the Big Twelve Tournament. You know, you and I are here in Kansas City, and I think it's uh it, it they do a great job. The city does an outstanding job with it. I think the the power and light setup with T Mobile Center just really works. The fans seem to love the atmosphere up here. I know we're partial to it. But I saw some rumblings this week just on social media, some fodder talking about, do we bounce the Big 12 tournament back around, go to the American Airlines uh, arena down there in Dallas, maybe go to Oklahoma City? I think it's great up here in Kansas City. Uh, what do you make of what the Big 12 should be doing, if anything, on that front?
1: Well, this is where I show you how unbiased I am on all these things. because I really don't want to bring bias to any of this. I'm still a little missed and disturbed that the Big 12 tournament is played in a state that does not have a school in the conference. Mm -hmm. That bothers me. And maybe it shouldn't, and maybe it's because I live on this state line, and I see Missouri as a school that left, and yet they get all the benefit from this? Kansas City, Missouri gets all this benefit because Kansas is really good in basketball, and all the fans show up for the tournament every year? I I think I'd actually be in favor of maybe Oklahoma City, Oklahoma State staying. you know, why not? Hey, we could play the thing in, in Texas if you wanted to. Houston maybe would do better than Dallas as we go forward. Can we rule out Florida or Ohio or any of these other places? I I don't know. I really haven't studied it that hard. I know it is great here, and I know the business model here works, and changing that would be a very difficult move because they have a given. They have something they know is built in every year. It works. It works just fine. But I actually think it's just strange that you play your conference tournament in a state that doesn't have a team then what do you do on the football side do you think
0: jerry world is is the best backdrop for the league for a big 12 football championship game it seems like the league is very protective of dallas and that venue they do media days there they have the championship there there's been rumblings the sec wants to get further into that market into dallas would you keep it there kevin or would you maybe bounce that thing around if arrowhead gets let's say uh, a dome one day
1: a roof. Well, I love, outdoor foo- I love outdoor football, and the first week of December is not bad in Kansas City. I think one year they played a game here It yeah. was maybe 34 degrees. Well, big deal. Let's play a 34-degree football game. <laughs> I'm all good with that. <laughs> yeah. Arrowhead's fantastic. The Chiefs sometimes will play five more games after that at home. I'm all for the first week of December, playing the game here, at least in the rotation. And I don't know, I'll just be honest with you, with, with Texas now out, I don't think Lubbock really associates that much with Dallas. Maybe Waco does, you know, maybe there's some of that synergy, but Houston's coming in to me. What's our fixation with Dallas at this point? It didn't work out. Dallas did nothing for this conference for the schools that remain nothing. I don't know why any of them would stay affiliated with Dallas. Really? Yeah, very interesting.
0: Kevin Keatsman's is joining us this podcast. Kevin Keatsman has issues. You're going to want to listen to that. Check it out. Download it. Talking uh, not just Kansas City area sports, Chiefs, KU, Big 12. Also diving into uh, the great news items happening up here in our part of the world. Kevin, uh, you look at K-State right now and Bruce Weber kind of, you know, the last couple of weeks, certainly shown some improvement. What does Bruce Weber need to do to keep this job at
1: K-State beyond this season? You know, Bruce Weber, for K-State fans, is just like, he's your steady girlfriend. You know, you're <laughs> you're not proposing. You are not going to marry that girl. You're not, but she's, she's nice, and everything. it's okay. But, you know, you go out to dinner, and you're looking across the restaurant, and you see another lady, and you start to think. That's just kind of what it is. Bruce Weber's fine. He's fine. Uh, apparently, K-State fans just don't want to be married to him. I don't know. Maybe this is like the longest uh, engagement in the history of, of basketball coaches. He's won two big, big 12 titles at K-State. Nobody in K-State history has ever done that. And he's got one good player this year, let's be honest. He's got Nigel Pack and a whole lot of nothing. And he's got a clear path to fifth place. And I think conference standing should matter more when the committee meets, when they discuss who's in and who's not. I've always felt like the conference should matter more because coaches are always experimenting in the non-con before it starts. If K-State finishes outright fifth place, I think they have to get the nine and nine. They have to win in Stillwater. Then they'd have to win two home games against um, Oklahoma and uh, Iowa State, maybe. They're winnable games. They have three games they can win. The other two, I don't think they win. They're at Texas Tech. They're not going to win that. They're at Kansas. They're not going to win that one. But if they won those three and got the nine and nine, I think they're in the discussion. as either the first four out or the next four in or whatever they call them. I think they're in the discussion. And I always tell my friends, great, fire Bruce Weber. Who are you going to hire? If you can get Brad Underwood from Illinois, if you've got money, if there's money people in Manhattan that are willing to pay the buyout, say goodbye to Bruce Weber and bring Brad Underwood in, and you and somebody better talk to him or his brother or somebody near him to, to find out would he really be willing to do it. If that were the case, then fire Weber and go get your big coach. That'd be great, but I don't, I just don't see that happening.
0: And and college basketball too, Kevin, is just changing so quickly. I uh, was watching that Texas Tech-Texas game a couple of weeks ago, and Fran Fashilla pointed out, the starting lineup for both of these teams are all between the ages of 20 and one guy was 24. I mean, you know, they're 20, 21, 22, 23. Uh, what does that mean for for college basketball and its future and and you know, whether or not a guy like Bruce Weber works or if he's too old school for this uh for the way things are trending with name image likeness, transfer portal and everything else.
1: Well, I love that Nick Saban, the football coach at Alabama is the one, you know, trying to take the lead and jump out front and say, uh, hello, name image likeness is not working. <laughs> we yeah. we need better rules because, you know, it, they believe Texas A&M went crazy in football recruiting. That they mm-hmm. basically said, if you sign with us, you're going to make hundreds of thousands of dollars from this car dealer and that hardware store and this and that and that. So that's what they think A&M did. There's no stopping that. If that's what happened at this point, because there's no real rules around private businesses telling kids, yeah, if you have to come, we're going to do an endorsement contract with you. So, We'll see how that plays out. Look, it's it's, in this league. It's going to be good for Kansas. It may be good for Houston and basketball. There may be a couple of others. When you mention these older players, all that is, is programs that can't compete with Kansas saying, well, this is maybe a way we can compete. Kansas is going to get the best 18 year olds every year. So we need to go find some 23 year olds and try to beat them with grown men and see if our more experienced players can beat younger players that are more talented. You know, the the real skeptical part, people have had about BYU coming into this conference, is I've I've talked to numerous football coaches through the years that have said, I would never want to be in a conference with BYU because they will send those kids off on a a two-and-a-half-year Mormon mission. They will come back as 24- and 25-year-olds for their junior and senior year. And in football, that's everything. Those are grown men. They may not be NFL players, but they're going to be like real team leaders, real men. There's a real fear that if you get in a conference with BYU, they're going to start beating you with
0: 25-year-olds. That's a very interesting angle. Very interesting angle. Now, uh, Kevin, on the the KU side of things, I mean, Bill Self has this team once again lined up to win a Big 12 regular season title. But I've been, you know, just listening to him, sensing some frustration with this team. and, And you've been covering him for, you know, obviously almost 20 years now. Is that par for the course, or is, is there something about this team that maybe is, is irking Bill Self, the way the Remy Martin thing has played out? you think there's something more there, or am I reading too much into it?
1: No, I think it's all Remy Martin. I think Bill Self probably thought to himself, I've got the Pac-12 player of the year coming in here. He can basically run the show for me. I, but by the way, not the best player on this team. He was the Pac-12 player of the year, but Ochaibaji's a better player. We can have arguments about some of the other guys, but if he has Remy Martin... I think Bill Self thinks not only are we a Final Four team, we could win this thing. We have what it takes to go up and down the floor with Gonzaga or whomever we're going to be playing and be able to basically run and score with anybody and win a national title. He'll find guys to play defense, but it's always about how that offense works for Bill Self. When it gets in the tournament, if they get bogged down every now and then, that's where they get bounced out. I think he's just disappointed that he brought this one-year player in and thought, we got a chance to win a national title with this guy. I'm pretty sure he's thinking we're not going to a national championship without him. So I think they're frustrated. I think they don't know exactly what's wrong with his knee. I've not heard reports about his family or anything like that, but a lot of times on kids that have what four weeks left in their college career, the families will, will be in their head saying, don't just shut it down. Forget about it. Let's go find a way to make some money. Don't hurt yourself even more, but I don't know. I've not heard the rumblings that they think he's being, you know, soft or that he's not injured, but they've always pointed out a hundred times. We've done every test. We don't see anything. It's a contusion, which is a fancy word for bruise. Uh, most players don't sit out with bruises. I know I wouldn't. So <laughs> I don't know the whole story going on there, but I think his frustration is with Remy Martin. Interesting.
0: Uh, by the way, Kevin, I, I made my first true trips out to Allen Fieldhouse the last couple of weeks for the uh, double overtime Texas Tech game and then the uh, Oklahoma game this past weekend with my father-in-law. And I'll tell you what, I, I – I know you're a K-State guy by trade, but you follow both these teams. I'm sure you've been in Allen Fieldhouse a ton of times. I, there's something special about that place, Kevin. It just feels different. It's unlike anything I've been in from a college basketball perspective. The fans, the history, the museum, the 13 rules. What are your thoughts as a guy who's a, a Kansas guy
1: through and through? Well, my thought is they did the right thing keeping their building, and my school did not when they built Bramlin Coliseum because – you know, Ahern Fieldhouse was an incredible place to watch basketball. It's slightly smaller down the field house, but it was incredible to watch basketball in there and has never been the same since. That's about when K State basketball started to go downhill. When I was in college, or, and shortly after I was in college, the histories of KU and K State basketball were almost identical. That changed in about 86, 87, 88. Kansas kept winning, K State did not. And you can basically tie this to when they moved out of their historic fieldhouse and moved into something that just wasn't the same. I think most schools have done that, and they've done the wrong thing. I wonder about Texas. They're going to open up a beautiful new arena next year. It's going to be great. Theirs is not some historic old basketball arena. But some of these older places that that these schools just shuttered and don't use, it's always been troublesome to me. We, we look at Duke. They're in a historic old building. Kansas. I mean, those things work. Um, did North Carolina and Roy Williams win a couple of national titles in a newer arena? Yes, they did, but I think that's a harder thing to do. I think Kansas would have, would have a much harder time being Kansas, as we know it, if they ever built a new building. Them resisting and putting the money in the Allen Fieldhouse has been the right thing every step of the way. They know what they have. They appreciate it. They respect it. Unlike you know everybody else wanting to rewrite history and this and that, they embrace theirs. I love it. I mm-hmm. absolutely love it, and I wish my school had kept theirs. And it's still sitting there, by the way, right in the middle of campus. I think they play volleyball in it. They do some other things in it. I would have retrofitted that thing 15 years ago. When K-State was really bad, I'd have redone that building and said, we're out of Bramlage, we're going back into Ahern. That's what I would have done if I were the school president, but um, I've shared that opinion with them. They've never listened to me. (laughs) Kevin, what about uh, KU
0: football? There's some rumblings that they could be getting some big, big donations for a new stadium over there. Uh, People, I think, are encouraged by Lance Leipold and what he's done in year one with that football program. It's a long grind ahead for the guy. But do you feel like there's some more enthusiasm around the big money at KU to actually put it into the football program, into the stadium? They've got their new uh, workout facility and whatnot, as I understand it. But now for the stadium, do you think the money is there from the big, big donors to get that done?
1: Well, he definitely got a shot in the arm when they beat Texas. That was just a huge thing when they won that game. And, yeah, I do think donors would say, listen, we've got money to give here. The question I have is – if you're a recruit, let's say you're a four-star player that wouldn't consider Kansas, do the facilities, even after they do them, uh, the facilities are not as good as another school you're looking at, do the facilities sway you or name, image, and likeness money? So I think these schools, especially like Kansas in football, need to rethink their strategy of what they're going to do with their fundraising because, to me, the money would be much better spent giving it directly to the kid instead of building a new end zone facility or something. I I'm not sure I know where this is all going. I just know that if you're one of the schools that is not competing all that well in either basketball or football, my personal belief is facilities are never going to get it for you. Your reputation isn't going to get it, but cold, hard cash will. It always wins. Cash wins. And KU, if they got a pile of money, could load up on three- and four-star players, and all of a sudden they'd have something.
0: And who's in a better position for that, in Kansas at least? KU over K-State, whether it's football or basketball?
1: Well, Kansas doesn't have to do it much in basketball. I mean, they've obviously paid players through the years, but they've got whatever their system is, it works. They're not going to have to do that. I'm talking about, let's take a basketball player, for example, that would be just lesser than would go to KU. Mm -hmm. Maybe K-State could get those guys if they had a pool of money and they started with some endorsements for these players to come play basketball at K-State. Football would be the opposite. K-State's no juggernaut in recruiting players in football. So, you know, does Kansas compete against K-State? Does it mean now all of a sudden – they get the best players in the state of Kansas. They just started right there. and You said, oh, the top five players in the state of Kansas are usually pretty good football players. Not a great state for talent, but the top five or ten players are all usually pretty good college athletes. What if Kansas just shores that up, and all of a sudden they start getting all of them? Not only does Kansas get better, look what what happened to K-State at that point. Yeah. And so what do all these other schools do? I just don't think we know where we're going with this, but I, I, I will say this about K-State. They're, they're stuck in the past, and they're thinking. I can promise you they're stuck in the past, and this has never even occurred to them. They will just sit there until they're blue in the face building facilities, spending hundreds of millions of dollars. They just do it over and over and over because, for some reason, they think that building facilities equates to winning football games, and it really doesn't. You need a good coach and good players. K-State's facilities are outstanding, but they really don't need to be what they're doing right now. they got a $300 million thing they're doing right now. They just don't need to do it. But they are. That money would be much better spent getting players.
0: So true. And that name, image, likeness, boy, it is the Wild West. And uh, (laughs) it's going to be hairy to watch it play out. Kevin Keatsman, download us. Go ahead.
1: Because remember, the important part is everybody that donates money for a facility, they own a business. That's where they got their money, okay? So a business can pay a player. Just do me an endorsement. Go on Twitter. I'll give you $25,000. Here we go. Let's just get you all on What's Texas got? They've got a foundation that is paying every offensive lineman on the roster $50,000 a year. Mm -hmm. Right now, a foundation is doing that. I mean, it's just its crazy what is possible, but it's going to be really interesting to see the schools that understand that and know how to play that game and those that don't. Nick Saban is clearly saying, I don't want to play that game, but he's had it good for how long? Mm -hmm. He liked the rules the way they were. So I think it's going to be really interesting. Very,
0: very interesting indeed. Kevin Keatsman, download his podcast. Kevin Keatsman has issues. Go check it out. Kevin, always great to talk some Big Twelve with you, my man. Thanks for being here,
1: Pete. It's always a great time. I love your website, and you said at the beginning, I know a lot about Big Twelve. It's only because I'm on Heartland College Sports. Oh gosh, way to end. It that's true. Although, although, wait a second. Brett Venables is not the second best football coach in the conference. So, anytime <laughs> we want to have that debate. <laughs> I'll, I'll
0: have that debate hey i'm not i'm not i didn't write the piece so i'm not uh, defending that side <laughs> of it <laughs> uh, gosh <laughs> good to have it's you out there kevin thank you man love having kevin on and if you like what you heard uh, please take a second out leave a rating and a review on this podcast i really would appreciate if you did that because Uh, It helps us grow this show. We beat ESPN, CBS, Fox Sports when it comes to Big 12 Podcasts on iTunes. And it's because of you leaving a rating and a review on the show. Take a minute out. I'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie when you leave that rating and review. Just send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com. That's M-U-N-D-O. Can't thank you guys enough. Hit that subscribe button as well. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.